All right, let me ask you guys a question. When was your first fight? And I'm assuming you both have been in a fight. It's Josh? Ooh, I have not been in a fight outside of a hockey rink. Uh, but one of the most memorable fights I can recall was men's league hockey. Uh, we were, of course, terrible uh, as a team. So we'd spend most games on the losing end. Um, but what happened was we got into some physical uh, games with a couple of the teams. We got into a altercation with the team at the end of the game. It escalated into a full team fight. Gloves um, off. Gloves off. <laughs> oh, I was pulling one guy off. Next, you know, I'm swinging at a goalie. That's a big no-no. I, is it, though, if the goalie's in on it? I know. I just think the team normally Those is. big loafs, they can take a few. Because once you do. get them down, they can't get back up. The goalie's the best player on the team. Usually, yeah. yeah. So they there, also don't there's take all hits. this going on. <laughs> there's there's some refs. It's, again, it's just a men's league, end of the game. I look off just over the shoulder of the goalie. What's going on? My mom is on the ice. With no! A, my mom, who what? happened to be at the one hockey game, I think she attended. With an doing? ice skate in her hand, and she's slitting the throat. <laughs> she has a stick in her hand, and she's a hitting skull. it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. But she's on the ice yelling. That you leave that, my son alone! That this is not an appropriate... I don't know what she what said. What does she call this you? This is a men's Does she league. have a name for you? No. Joshy. No, just Josh. But you any, leave Joshua, my Joshua But anyway, alone. so she was able to open the door... And get out onto the ice wow. and be like yelling at the I, refs you know to what? break it up. Pandemonium. Everybody in this world needs a mom like that. So, Josh, Carrie, how old were you? Probably 22. Your first fight was when you were 22 years old? Yeah. Never really got any fights. I mean, got in fights with my brother and stuff. You know, cheap shots here and there. But right, no right, right. full-on. Like, it's parents were hippies from California. Yeah. They didn't. But they no, didn't yeah. We spread they love were. like California poppies. I know. I've benefited from your parents' love. Yeah, you did. Myself. A, you might need to qualify. That's a weird <laughs> statement to make. But yeah, so, hey, I know what so, you mean. So my so fights have been basically all truck. on hockey rinks. I've been in a few on hockey rinks. That's it. You know, it's one of the last sports where you can still... Where it's not intended. Like boxing, it's intended to fight. UFC, it's intended to fight. Wrestling. Hockey... It's not intended to fight, but they also allow fighting. And so it's, it's just one of the last places for it, it in our society. It's a precedent, man. It's, it's, it's taking care of your team. commentators say that we're going to see the end of that in our life. Yeah, no, I heard a stat. We saw the end of a lot of things. The, the no know. helmets. <laughs> <laughs> the what? The no helmets. Yeah. 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 The no, <laughs> we saw the end of that one. The, the end of the flat, <laughs> the of flat bladed stick, so they couldn't even control the puck. <laughs> so what about you, Dan? I'm I, sure I can only imagine yeah. you're probably, what, 6-0? and oh? Yeah, I was... I'm the third boy in my family, so a little scrappy already. Yeah. But these neighbor kids, it was a really big day for me. Basically, <laughs> the day started off with my two brothers telling me that I could join their band. 
I had some, like, I had to go through these tests. And so they were like, first test is going to be a test of your mind. And they, they <laughs> lined me up behind the garage. And they your said, brothers? Yeah, my brothers. They said, close your eyes. Oh, and we're going to throw these rocks at you from 10 feet away. And if they hit you, it's because you were thinking about it. If they miss you, it's because you were able to clear your mind. And the thing about what? it was, every time I got hit in the face or in the chest <laughs> with one of these rocks, I was thinking about rocks. And so they were right. I failed the test. Couldn't clear my mind. My sister's bedroom, we're, our house was sh- like shaped like this big barn, and then we, the church house was like connected to it. And our sister's bedroom, you get out on the roof if you just winded it out the, the window. Yep. And we went out onto the roof pretty often. They have a skateboard sitting out there and a tarp. And they say, this is a test of your strength. Drop in, ride. I'm, pro- I'm not even in the third grade yet, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> ride off the roof, parachute down to the ground, and... Uh, you know, this will this will tell us if you're strong enough to do that. Feats of strength here. What's going on? I drop in, <coughs> I go down, I get the parachute ready, I jump off the roof, and I think I'm gonna fly, and it just plummet straight to the ground, land go on the figure. ground, and my brothers come down, they check on me, and I was fine, of course, because I was a kid, <laughs> and uh, so I, they gave me a pass, on that one. But then they said the last test was a test of your strength, of your mind, and your your body at the same time. And so they put this board over my head, and they were making a, a bike jump with their, <laughs> with their bicycles over my face. Oh, my and word. both brothers went over the, the jump, and then they turned around and yelled, move the board. And so... I flipped the board off, and they were like, okay, now we're just going to run right at his head. And as soon as they were running at my head, my mom came outside and stopped it, like right before they were about to hit me. But later on that day, I'm feeling kind of high on my feet. You know, feet oh, my, yeah. I, 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 I rolled with the Festivus, <laughs> with the best of us. <laughs> and normal third grader would. <laughs> David Goulet, Jim's his brother, came over, there. and they were, I don't know, they were... Ex- they were especially cantankerous that day. And I said, all right, we're just going to fight. But the only fight I'd ever seen is on Karate Kid 1. And you had to do that gesture with your hands. You know? <laughs> yeah. And down and forward. Yeah. And so I, I did that for a good five minutes, just warming up, uh, not knowing what I was going to do. And then David Goulet did it, but at the very top, he wiggled his fingers a little Ooh, like this. And I kinda, it kind of seemed like... He was doing the evil version of yeah. this warm-up, you know, just to to kind of pace with me a little bit. And as soon as we got ready to fight, we did this run-at-each-other kind of fight where you just run, you face each other like a bull or whatever. You just run and hit. But pretty much right then, my brothers came out and rescued me, and they beat him up. And I didn't really have to get hurt at all. So. I mean, was the beating up like punching and... They like pushed street, him down on the like ground, and then they fight? kicked him, and then he ran away, basically. Okay. And they just said, don't okay. mess with him. But, yeah. Welcome wow. to Town Podcast, everybody. Just a couple uh, stories from your hosts here, Josh Kirk and Dan Mike. Um, we like to talk about our lives, 
through the lens of what's going on in in our culture, what's going on in our religious worldview, and what's going on in our hearts of adventure. And so, I don't know what you guys are thinking about, but Josh, what do you got rattling around in your old? Oh, my old mind. Well, we're we're always up for some sort of adventure. We're always looking out for what what can lead us to something of a, a little bit of an unknown. There was a little foreshadowing last week. Yeah, there was a little foreshadowing last week that Kirk's talking about. This stuff rattles around our minds. Probably a lot of bad ideas. Some good. Some, I don't know. We just go through it whether or not it's probably good or bad. But we, we toyed with the idea of a Bitcoin. All right, cryptocurrency. Well, cryptocurrency. So we've been tossed around. We've been talking Bitcoin. There's a couple people we know. What was your first experience with cryptocurrency? I have no idea. Oh, that hot dog place on Fulton Street. We all kind of had the same collision. Once a hot dog place said, we take Bitcoin for a a hot dog here, it got real for me. I was like, wait, what? Let me just put this out there for all of our listeners in Steepletown. One stop corner is the best hot dog in this town. Well, you're gonna get fighting words. <laughs> that. Do you get it ripped? I do get it ripped. I, I remember that. I love that place, and they did have a sign out for a while saying "We'll accept Bitcoin." Yep. That was probably 2008, 2009. No way. Later. Way uh, later. Like I can't remember. That's times. 11 years ago. There's no way that was like five ago. years ago. Crypto's been out. Bitcoin's been out since 2009. Eight, okay. it was like two thousand. But in okay. two thousand thirteen, yeah, okay. two thousand fifteen, it was still only like a dollar, like oh, really? something like that. Man, we missed that one, right? I, I wonder if they hit it big. I wonder if they did have some, what like if have some like, people bought they, some hot dogs and then they, they had like five hundred bitcoin. What, what if yeah, he has like five hundred bitcoins and he's just rolling. <laughs> what do we do with his bitcoin? I don't know. Just keep yeah, I don't know. Just throw them in. But how out. does that? Well, let's not get down that. All right, so well, yeah, we all basically yeah. had the same. Yeah, so we and basically this- what they said to me, my first experience was, this is the Antichrist money or something. Who? That it was the one world currency that, that supposedly, whoever I was with oh. when I was there must have been. I don't know if it's Will or somebody. They said uh, Bitcoin Will. is the way <laughs> of the of the the beast. <laughs> <laughs> All these people. And I'm saying I don't know who it was. I'm yeah. just saying I remember that being a thing about cryptocurrency, and so I stayed away from it. Okay, I'm a good Christian. You don't drink Monster Soda either. No, but no. it's still, but, the beast. but somewhere in your mind and in your soul, there's this there's this wonder about the Bitcoin. Yep. So we go. We've been talking about it. We've been going back and forth about it. But we wonder is. We know the kind of the topic is: is the digital asset going to be the new gold? I mean, all gold is is a is a it's something in limited quantity that you can describe. It originally had it looked pretty and it had some use of usability. It has a little now, but it's mostly still. But it's a limited. It's a it's a thing that's in limited quantity. So it has it it has a value because people will put value to it. So Mm. Bitcoin. You know where where are we getting? They go created twenty one million. Twenty one million Bitcoin. That's all they'll ever be. Evidently, there's a whole bunch that you'll never get to anymore because somebody died with a bunch. But there's <laughs> only twenty one million that'll ever be a Bitcoin. There'll be other cryptocurrency, but Bitcoin yeah. is limited by definition to that many Bitcoin. So it's almost like they had the intention of it being the next gold or yeah. diamond or whatever. Yeah. So and we're gonna buy one. 
right but now, right now we're buying. <laughs> we're going to buy one Bitcoin. Thirty-eight, thirty-nine hundred bucks. Yep. Yeah, three thousand nine hundred dollars for one Bitcoin. Somebody thinks. It, I mean, however many people own into it think it's worth something. Right. It could either go down to the price of a hot dog. <laughs> we yep. might be able to get one hot dog with hot dog. Years. Or it'll continue to climb and become the next gold. And then we found a piece of gold. If I was living in 1850s, would I have gone on the gold rush to Montana, Arizona, California? San Francisco. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. You would have been a 49. I might would have regretted it if I didn't, and you guys did. So I'm going to I'm gonna get on that stage, Coach, you're with, gonna come, with you're you. You're going to come along. We're going to go to Superstition Mountain, Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, what uh, yeah, and we're just gonna ride it. I mean, the, I think what we're what we're doing is we're gonna, we're going in on it. So for everybody that right now just dismissed us as a, it's because you believe that Bitcoin's a bad, a investment. bad investment, a bad idea. Because I know that most that. people think that. Just we want to establish this right. At least oh, I'll say it for myself. I think these guys feel the same way. We're doing this for an adventure. Like we already defined what an adventure is to us. It's an unknown ending, and we go on trips that cost money and. We come back with memories, laughs, good times, and, and less, less money. money. Yeah, yeah, and less <laughs> money. Job. Perfect. Less money. Uh, if we go on this adventure with Bitcoin and we get some memories, some laughs, some excitement, whatever else, and we got less money in the end, we're we already know we're okay with that. I we am. are going to have less money, no matter what, because we constantly are spending money. Yes. We're constantly doing. Yes. Stuff. We're gonna buy some. But crap. if we invest in something that draws us together as yeah. as friends yeah. to do it, I mean. That's what I'm saying. Yep. And and so there's really not a loss scenario here unless we all get super rich and hate each other because, uh, you know, like your yachts. No, have you ever seen the movie Envy anyway. with mm-hmm. uh, Jack Black and Ben Stiller? The so. only loss is if we don't go in together because Ben Jack Black oh, yeah. has this idea. He goes, it's called Vaporize. <laughs> and it's this spray you spray on dog poop and it makes it disappear. And Ben Stiller doesn't go in on it with him. But then Jack Black... Their neighbors and he, well, he unbelievable rich, uh, unbelievable builds his house high as Trump Tower right next door to Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller is always just like kind of regrets it now, yeah. you know. And yeah. that's just it, it ruined their friendship. Yeah. So, so we so, all had to do it. No matter what. Confession here. I don't think she mind me sharing it. So Molly and I were talking about this, and she's pretty much down with the idea. She knows we're gonna. I mean, I'm not asking to put our retirement in or something like that. Like <laughs> it's just like we're each putting like thirteen hundred bucks, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, a buck. In, in, on the, to buy a Bitcoin. And she started doing a little like, well, I said, you know, you know, it's probably just going to lose this. I was em- overemphasizing that, like, just to push the idea that we may right. never get it back, just so I knew she wasn't. And she started going, well, if you know for sure you're going to lose it, then why don't we just, you know, get a new couch or whatever? You know for sure. And then I, and then so we got a little moment, and I was like, whatever. And we were fighting. She was just raising the idea. And I said, all right, I'm fine. Let, let's not do it then. If And then I was like, but thing is, what if Dan and Josh do it, and it does go to a hundred thousand? How are you gonna feel then? You gonna feel wor- worse about that than you do about? She'll just love that couch. That couch. <laughs> She'll She'll that I know couch Molly. I know Molly, and she she smirked a little bit. And she goes, "Well, that is the thing. Like, you should do it. You so, have to take the chance." Yeah. So she's a little bit more on the wager side of it, but I don't really care. So yeah, so we'll roll the dice. Yeah. Why not? Why not? And if you look at the trend, it's like every year there's these spikes, but it just seems like it goes, it doesn't, it doesn't go, come back down. It doesn't go way. back down as far, you know? No. And so I'm just intrigued by that 
that story. I mean, it's the Bitcoin story just yeah. isn't doesn't seem like it's over yet. Um, even though last year it spiked at twenty thousand dollars, but well, did you ever read? Uh, I listened to a fascinating NPR uh, um, story one time. It was like an hour long. I can't remember. It was one of those like weekend stories mm-hmm. about currency, and they this was an island somewhere, and they had these giant circular stones. That were their currency. You, you could never lift one. They're like, they're like, they're like, <laughs> you like chip a piece five, off. No, they're like five tons, <laughs> and and they would distribute promissory notes that you own that that. <laughs> so that, so there so it's kind of like our original currency, which is like a dollar based on silver. But they but there was it. one there was one that rolled down some hill and went in the ocean. They're still trading the the, the paper for it. Well, we know where it is. That's my rock down yeah, there. You know. can see it. Somewhere <laughs> I have the right <laughs> to that thing. You gotta find. But I got fascinated with <laughs> currency and economics, and and like that's so I I do in 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 theory and philosophy I do understand the Bitcoin concept. I don't understand all the stuff, and you know. We're, that's the first violation we're all committing because everybody oh, says yeah. you got to understand it. We don't understand. Dan knows a little Dan bit. Dan knows more than the rest of us. <laughs> I don't some, care. Some I don't tweets. care if I don't understand. It. I don't know how to code. Yeah, we're gonna have a set of numbers that has value. Yeah. So that's it. And and the crazy thing about it, the way it's set up, is it can be stolen. It can, it's just like cash. Like someone else got your code yeah. or whatever, it's gone. They got your money. So if you got a hold of the code, you could use that to purchase or do whatever. Hey, trading, is there right? an opportunity for us to just go steal some Bitcoin? Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> is that more of a chance? No, we're not doing that because... Yeah. We're I'm going all in. One just Bitcoin. Let's just try something. We're going to try it. Part of, my, part of my thinking, too, is just like... And I don't know how you guys feel about this, but in the housing crash, housing crash of 07, 08, three of my friends, like close friends bought land and houses for I mean at the low end five thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. You know, and I didn't have anything. I had a stimulus check from Obama for two hundred and seventy five dollars and I bought my first motorcycle with it. But that's it. And I had to watch that happen and watch them get all this equity and yeah. then when things turned around they're they're able to buy bigger and better things and I, I die a little bit every time <laughs> I see that happen. I think, man, like that's the kind of stuff that gets you gets you ahead in life sometimes when you can when you can maximize on on the the culture's kind of ups and downs. Yeah. And I saw that. And so part of me is kind of like a little bit like apprehensive or not apprehensive, but actually sh- like vigilant to be like, okay. I'm not gonna pass on Wait, opportunity again. I'm we at a have point to be in the buyer's box. You're waiting for the right pitch. Yeah. yeah. If you're there, you're able to be there, and you're waiting for the pitch. You're in a good spot because you can, you know. Right. Like, I think that's a. But I wasn't even able to right. get in the game before, right. and right. so now even if I'm Casey at bat, right. I'm still probably gonna be happy with that strikeout. Yeah. So yeah. So you heard it first here, folks. We're gonna go we'll for update it. Update you, or you can just. <laughs> you can update yourself yeah, on how we're yeah. doing. <laughs> Just check the pricing once a week and see how we're doing. Yeah. We're buying a Bitcoin. There's a big wad of cash and a check laying on the table right in front of us right now. That's how real that is. We're giving it to Dan. He's got the account set up. Yep. I'm going to figure it all out. And maybe we'll come back next week and it'll be like three cents. <laughs> if you all never see me ever. And when it goes to $100,000 and we I, can't I, get a hold of Dan, <laughs> we're going to know what happened. <laughs> I'd be a good banker. Hey. 
$1,300 would be worth it for me to find out you weren't really my friend. <laughs> I like small price to pay. This whole thing has been a long con. Because your friendship's worth a lot to me, and if it's not <laughs> worth that, then I need to know. Well, Dan's friendship for five years to so the Bitcoin went up was 1300 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I've been thinking about, you got any more thoughts on crypto? No. I mean, I think we're just going to see what happens. I Do mean, you think I, that the future is crypto? No. But... Why not? He thinks, he thinks the future is like I'm, in the I'm cash still, in your I'm floorboards. Still, I'm still holding on to the hope that we're going to have cash and then trade goods, remember? Your premise, though, is based on a crash. Yes. So. But crypto. A crash might happen. If the crash doesn't happen, is the future digital? It's going to play some yeah, part. It already is. More. Well, that's it the thing like about it is. Even in our buying up. Even our actual currencies. Are, are very similar to cryptocurrency. That's the right. thing that people aren't acknowledging that they are still. There's nothing backing the dollar anymore. And no one even has any dollars. What's that? Right. The every every bank I go into, I say, "Where's the vault?" Yeah. And they're like, "We don't have a vault." There's a vault in the back. <laughs> Not like the way they used to be. Right. Well, because even think about how you purchase stuff, Apple Pay, etc. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's almost no exchanging of just code. A, it's just code. Yeah. I mean, well, in if you rectify everybody against everybody else, who even has the money? It's like, does Visa have the money? Well, they're lending it out to them to get from them to, like, yeah. who has money? Have like, you ever heard of that TV Warren show? Warren Buffett. Mr. Robot. Yep. Whatever, where he hacks into all the, uh, like, digital debt and deletes it all. Yeah. That's crazy. Spoiler alert, season one. The, I so the Chinese, <laughs> though, the Chinese, though, have, like, they literally own. have giant buildings full of cash. Like... Giant buildings. They have the most. They have the most cat U.S. dollars. That <laughs> because they're uh, thinking the same way I am. Why don't we that, go rob them? Oh, good luck. That they, their buildings, this giant business. marble buildings with <laughs> tanks all around them, and they and they have they have the most U.S. dollars other than the U.S. I mean, government. I did watch the new Robin Hood, and that mm. was they literally have like David Hood, yeah, like a trillion dollars <laughs> in cash in China. <laughs> Isn't that wild? What was that weird noise that just came out from? There's always here? weird noises out of here. That, I know that sounded like an owl or a could be. We have coyotes. some owls. My neighbor one night, not the sidebar, but my neighbor one night did come out and say, "I just had flying monkeys come after me." <laughs> and I said, "Are you sure flying monkeys?" He goes, "I'm pretty sure it's flying monkeys." And I said, "Really?" Or owls, and they were owls. But Ooh, for, a while, for a while, for a while, he was thinking he was being attacked by flying monkeys. Well, there you go. Heard it here first. It's either flying monkey, monkeys or Bitcoin. Yep. I'm going with Bitcoin. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. We're excited. Um, I do think that gold, I do think that we, we are in a shift of decided value and that mm-hmm. people are less and less. And I don't know if it's just because of those stores that say we buy gold. And just make gold look like such a ghetto thing. Like, I don't want to go into one of those stores. I don't, you know, I don't know what they're doing with all the gold, but it just, back. <laughs> it just seems like gold is just a joke. Um, and so I don't know. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. So somehow I was thinking about, about an adventurous thought that I had. And, it, and again, I'm into this concept of taking risk, taking adventure. 
Bitcoin is kind of an adventure, but is in the realm of food. I've been reading a book about real food, and it's it's basically a book. It's called In the Defense of Food. Maybe we can get the author on the podcast soon. But basically, they're talking about food being something that people are minimizing these days in, into a juice that you can drink or into a pill you could take mm-hmm. or taking all kinds of things out of food in order to be healthy again. And their argument is is that real food often isn't unhealthy if it's real food. And Correct. so they, they break it down to all these different categories. They tell some stories from history and show you that it, you know, people didn't struggle with the same allergies that we have now, you know, 50, 60 years ago. And one of their rules is if your grandma doesn't know what it is, you can't, you can't buy it. You can't eat it. Like, think about that. Like Gogurt. Like if your grandma doesn't know, if she looks at that, it's like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what's in. It. I can't read the label. Don't eat it. And so I'm kind of on a, like a, a little bit of a theory about food and diets and things. And I was wondering about travel and how, as someone who has always said yes to travel and, you know, always been exposed to different cultures and places, you have to eat the food in different cultures. And you have to learn that early on. Wherever you go, you have to eat whatever they're eating. And my question is, what do you think that does for somebody psychologically uh, or like just growing your worldview, growing your... Person. Someone has to change cultures all the time. Someone who has to travel <coughs> oh, yeah. and like eat eats food in different cultures. Good or bad? Good. Yeah, the quick answer. Good. I think the. I mean, the broader worldview you can get, the better. I don't think it's healthy for us to uh, narrow our our view or uh, experience with anything. I mean, I guess there's a limit to that. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I don't think I'm gonna you know, say, try everything always, but Can I would you think of a story or anything that, well, I don't look at, I'm not, I'm not fishing for anything. I was just thinking <laughs> of a story about, like a trip, well, yeah, like I mean, back when I used to like enjoy a, a good barley pop and we we're at Perrin that time. Oh, and uh, I mean, this is a funny thing, but it's, there's reality to it. David Hood was there. I poured, I poured, was. I poured a beer for somebody and it had a lot of head on it i'm not gonna lie and i didn't really intend for it to so, to picture a so i with so head. i'm just calling it right now <laughs> i made a mistake like i know how to pour beer and i didn't pour it well and it was like half beer and half head and will started giving me the hardest time about it and i don't know what it was that night but i love will to death he knows that i know that but it was getting under my skin and i and it's almost like he didn't even know that there's places in the world where that's what they do because that is the places <laughs> in the world where that's what they do. And and I said something about it's like a German beer. And he's like, ah, and he just kept going. And I said, Will, and I, you guys know I got lit up. And I was like, you, uh, Will, you got a small world. You are a small world. You live a small world. Like, I had just come from back from being with Molly in, in Europe, and they poured beers like that, big old heads on them, and it was warm, and, and everybody loves it, and they're banging them together and drinking them. And he's laughing his head off at me because there's too much foam on the beer. And I'm like, 
don't act like that's not a thing. I mean, it's not like I ruined the beer. Is so. there a reason for it? Do you know what? Why they put so much head on the beer? Is there any pouring it fast? Oh, there's pouring it. Like okay. I don't think so. There's not like this whole big. I think it's come to represent a yeah. war that kind of beer in a sense. In some yeah. places, there's a big head on it, but I don't. I don't. I don't know. I can't really answer that question because right, right. I don't really know the I answer. I just know they do. Is, and it's, yeah, it's out it, there. Yeah. They don't laugh. You know, in Grand Rapids, in Beer City, USA, they fill that glass up with no head all the way to the maximum. Ice cold. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's the you way I look. see the con, what is that, concave, convex? Concave, yeah. yeah. Con- <laughs> of, the, of the water above the rim. Yeah. You know. Waiting they, for that first sip. That's our worldview here. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about, like, when I the first time I ever went to France, there was there was dressing that was a, called American. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, and it was it was Come what on. we call Western. What we call well, Catalina, French too. Well, sugary, yeah, we have sugary French. We have the French. French. They didn't have French. Are dressing. they just getting back at us? Yeah. Um, the cola dressing. One time when I was in <laughs> when I was in uh, Massachusetts, I'm all crazy about these New England IPAs, you know, and I walk into this place that's. I mean, the place to go for a New England IPA. And I, all I see on their list are just IPA. Where in Grand Rapids, if you want a New England IPA, you got to find the one that says New England yeah. IPA. And I'm looking at this, and I go up to the... I mean, I had to wait an hour in line to get to the bar, and I go, which one's the New England IPA? And the guy just looked at me, and he goes, this is New England. They're all New England IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like... Yes! How am I going to drink them all? One of my favorite ones was... In Africa, the there was a restaurant called the Michigan Spur. And you go in, and there's pictures of Native American people running around in the walls. So Sonoran, what is it? Sonoran cactus? What is that, that uh, Arizona cactus? That's like that big, tall... It me. looks like the most stereotypical no yeah. cactus, right? I know what you're saying. All over, and then like cowboy stuff. And it was called Michigan, like the Michigan Spur, and their concept of Michigan. Their interpretation was a little incorrect. Is the Wild West, <laughs> you know? And it was kind of like Applebee's food. And I, that's, so that's why I was there. I was trying to find a little taste of America, and so I found a place called Michigan. <laughs> got, tired of eating, got tired of eating crickets. No, I just think it's... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's really good to... Well, I mean, I do that with my kids. I, I try to have them uh, eat everything and as much as different broad things as they can. Now I got Ari's obsessed with sushi. We have a thing in our house now called <laughs> Sushi Saturday. My kid's six. And, it, and Saturday night, Sunday, we had to buy him sushi because evidently last week I told him it's not Sushi Saturday. You got to wait till Saturday. And then Saturday night he's crying going to bed because he didn't get sushi on Sushi Saturday. Yeah. So he's, it's like a thing now. But like I, 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 part of me, that was annoying. But part of me was like, uh, I kind of proud of the fact that my kids like some different stuff. They all yeah. like like Lexi is probably the least adventurous, but she's still way above the normal bar. I think most kids like she'll I'll hear them with other kids and she's like, oh, I like you know whatever it is. Does, I, I'll eat that. But. Does Nora still put hot sauce on everything? Yeah, Ari's way worse. He goes through a bottle. We ordered Texas Pete from Amazon <laughs> in bottle in three. That's packs, all vinegar, right? Three yeah. bottles. Yeah, it's the stuff that it's a yeah, hot sauce they have Chick Fil A. Yeah, yeah. You can't buy it around here. Like, so Molly found it on Amazon, and it's pretty hot. It's not as hot as Tabasco. It's pretty hot. He goes through three bottles of that in like a month. <laughs> like he, I saw a bowl the other day, 
with like half inch of hot sauce in the bottom of it. And I was like, what is that? And they're like, oh, he already had a bowl full of pretzels and he just covered them in hot sauce and just <laughs> ate hot sauce covered pretzels. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, so I, I remember being up north snowboarding with Nora and we had like, we went back for lunch and I don't even know what she had. Like, what's that bologna loaf or something? I don't even know. That stuff, you, whatever you would what? buy, some special cut of meat. <laughs> and, but, but then here comes out of her own special bottle of hot sauce. Oh, so yeah. go on to say yeah. much. Yeah, so so much so that like Lexi says she doesn't like hot things. Michelle just down a bag of like flaming hot Cheetos or something. Yeah. She's oh, those aren't hot. Those aren't her hot. Her bar's just different, you yeah. know. And the kids, we go, um, yeah, we'll just go to a restaurant and try it, Indian food, whatever, and mm. they're just pretty adventurous. I'm kind of proud of that. I guess all I'm saying is I'm not bragging. I'm just saying like, like I that's a value to me. Like, I, have I, no, broad. I did not know what salsa. I didn't really know salsa was good until I was like 25. Yeah. yeah. My folks, I I was never given an avocado yeah. or guacamole that I can remember. I'm obsessed with it now. Yeah, mm. I'd avocado on everything, and it's just dude. Mexican for us was big. once a month we'd go to Taco Bell and we didn't eat Chinese. I remember the Shukers ate Chinese, and I was like, "You guys eat with Chinese with chat?" Like we never <laughs> ate that in my house. Was, <clears throat> we never Shukers. We, my man, parents were pretty edge. down the middle, down the straight middle too, and. Uh, and I'm, it's like my world blew up once I got yeah. to like college and yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So I was just, I mean, there's so many different things about life where you learn through this kind of thing. Like you learn how to connect with other people in like the way they make food yeah. in the way you go to a place like Jordan they're making uh, pita and there are, you know, their their bread every day and that taste of freshness, you know, and they're putting <laughs> just effort into it every day. I just remember when you went to school in Jerusalem, you came back like half the person you were. What Everybody happened? says that. I don't even remember. Oh, dude, you came losing back like anyway. you lost like 50 pounds. You're like pounds. 120 pounds when you, you came were. back. I don't remember and losing weight. I remember you and Chelsea, you telling me the like the cut back version, but Chelsea, like he didn't eat when we were there. <laughs> and you're like, I ate a little. I got made friends with a chef. You're fasting. I had... I had I had a lot on my mind, but the food wasn't the food at the school wasn't like what they was were the loving story us of the food? with food. They would hire. I mean, there's a big racial kind of divide yeah. over in, in Jerusalem yeah. right now, and they would hire Palestinian workers to do anything they could do on campus. And one, I think this guy just said he could cook. That's, <laughs> I remember the job. story. I remember I you telling me. You, I you don't think this like I ever ever cooked before because I bit into a piece of cake one day. I thought that. This is chocolate cake. It's got just leftover vegetables in the batter. Like a piece <laughs> of cabbage came out of it. There was a carrot in there. I'm like, I thought you were gonna say is like this a knife or something there. Cake. He's like, it's cake. I made it. I'm like, uh but my favorite thing was they had this George Foreman grill and I would they had peanut <laughs> in butter. Jerusalem? They had this like one of those little panini makers yep. uh in the student like fr- refrigerator area where the coffee pot was. And I would make like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich uh, for lunch every day and go back in the library and eat it or whatever. But they had this Nutella right there. So I do peanut yeah. butter and Nutella. But right before we left, I was looking at the, it was all in a different language. So I thought it was Nutella. But then I asked somebody to translate. They go, that's actually chocolate frosting. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea's like, you've been eating frosting sandwiches for this whole time. <laughs> 
Which, I mean, I'm, I'm not like, even sure what I've the seen, exact difference is between I've Nutella, Nutella and Frosty. I thought Nutella was just a little but healthier, I guarantee all the soccer, just, soccer moms feeding their kids Nutella yeah. don't want to have it called Frosty. There it's was, got a little oil in it to make it a little bit more creamy. I yeah. can't remember what night of the week. I think it was on Thursday. There was a night across town, if I could walk like after class through uh, the old city of Jerusalem, I could make it to this Bible study that had free wine. It was like anyone that goes, they have unlimited amount of wine for the whole entire Bible study time. And I didn't have a lot of money, you know, to go out or whatever. So I would just go. You go there and ask questions for Dude, two hours. Dude, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> I, I Someone told me about it. It was a book study of an author that I like. And so it was awesome. But on my way there, there was this one falafel place that had some like quick shawarma. Mm-hmm. That's it was like this one, really man. nice, meaty, like, yeah. taco sort of thing that they'd throw together. And then I would just eat that as I'd walk to this place. And that was kind of my little cultural treat, you know. But the food at the school was terrible. I would, I mean, they would bake they would bake a tomato full and just give it to you. Oh, dude, I remember a you tomato. Some yeah. I'm like, some of the students were like, hey, you're going to eat that tomato? I'm like, I thought it was an apple. Oh. It's no. like a daily no. thing. I, I'm not. No way. Just not my yeah. thing. I'm not like picky. I'm just like. Yeah. No, I know. That's why that. it's so funny that you can't. I was like, <laughs> what was going on there? But I remember. I remember there's a couple stories you told me about that chef or some story, and I can't remember what they are right now. Oh. But something along those lines, you were just like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you, you pro- wanted sauce. Like, if he would bring out rice, like, I want sauce on my food, on my rice, you know, to mix it up. There would be no sauce. It would be like a dry chicken on rice. Oh, yeah, forget But that. then you come out the next day, and there would be this big brothy thing, and there would be no rice. And I'm just always like, come on, man. You were thinking about out, putting you know? both of them and, together, oh, maybe? the big drama was this. He wouldn't give me any food at the end of the semester. Oh, that's right. That I forgot about that because you had to get... You have only 55 minutes to go up these stairs to the kitchen. That's, I knew there were stairs. Get, I wanted to say get it, but I was like, I knew the there kitchen, was the stairs in the store. Walk down the limestone stairs that are 200 years old into the cafeteria, and you eat together. And we were making such good friends with people, just talking over dinner. And after a while, we'd all take turns grabbing all the trays, because if you didn't get your tray back up there by the time the kitchen closed, you had to wash this yourself. What? And then you'd leave them clean up by the, the kitchen door with clothes. And so no I would, for you. it's so exactly. easy for me to just stack the trays, just like, hey, guys, let me do this, you know? And I would take like five trays up, but I'd, of course, I would put the food onto one tray. And then I would put the trays together and walk up there. And the end of the, the end of the semester, I go to get my food and the guy looks at me and he gives me, I think, three grains of rice. He puts it on my plate. What do you mean the end of the semester? At the very end of the semester, this guy takes a scoop of like three grains of rice and puts it on my tray and looks at me. And I'm like, can I get like a little bit more here? And he looks at me and goes, maybe you know eat. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) obviously. I'm like, what? He goes, you always come up here and throw a bunch of food away. And I'm like, Oh, he thinks that I am the coming yeah. up with a full plate of food. Throwing it but all that's away. like everyone in the cafeteria's food in one me- pile, you know, and this that he ju- he's been judging me the whole time. And I just had to eat it. Literally. Three, not or not eat it. Three grains. <laughs> three three pieces of rice. Ugh. Oh man. So anyways. 
If you guys ever go out and travel, just eat it. Just eat whatever the people are eating. Just try. And, I ate uh, spicy see what cold jellyfish for breakfast once in China. I, th- I think that's the extreme of like, oh, like what I felt yeah. like I was, I was, I was like pushing myself. Really? And, and it was actually not too bad, but it was like, it was a bowl full of gelatinous, stringy stuff, <laughs> and it was covered in hot spices, and it was ice cold. And I was like, what, what world is this? Like, who's going that? That's what I feel like this morning because it was breakfast too, like maybe for lunch or something. But right, uh, and I ate some just to say I did. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I didn't die. In fact, I ate all the stuff they said, don't eat this. <laughs> and, and then, and then this is a true story. A thousand year this pickled true. I ate the is. stuff on the, and the inner, the inner continental. So not like the, the Chinese flights that are between one Chinese city and another. And everybody's smoking on there. And oh, it's, nice. it's crazy. And they're Old like, school. don't eat the food on this plane. You for sure get sick and stuff. I ate it. It was horrible, but I tried it. And then never got sick the entire time. I was there like two and a half weeks. Came home like two weeks after we were home. We had a, a meeting, a reunion at a local Chinese establishment, which I will not mention the name. Oh, no. And like half of us, including myself, got violently ill <laughs> for like 12 hours, throwing up. Like I didn't throw up, but like super uh, sick and like oh my gosh. all this stuff. And, and it was clearly what we ate. <laughs> and and we were like, wait a minute, we ate all this crazy stuff overseas, in China. yeah, probably dogs yep. and you know yep. whatever. And then we came home and and we all got sick at the Chinese restaurant. That's funny. So, anyways, broadening our worldview. Yeah, I think the one thing final to close it out is I always think of food, like we're talking about whether it be Indian overseas trips wherever we travel. It's like a connection. It kind of connects you to the to yeah. the to the people, that yep. culture. Like you're talking with the Jordanian pitas every day. I mean, there's something to be said for that. And it gives you, it just gives you a connection. So, yeah, get out there. Well, Don't and be then afraid. More, yeah, and then more often than not, that then you can you connect that to that yeah. that memory, those people, and it becomes a thing. And, and you, you, all, you find yourself later, like you have that taste again, or you smell it, or yep. and you're like, oh, yeah, that's that memory. Or you go back, and something that was like mediocre when you're there, you're like, you can't wait to go back and try it, because it's identified with an experience that was broader than your normal experience. Right. Right. So anyways, I, I got a thought related to faith and the way we live it out. And, uh, and it's kind of a little bit of, I'm just going to, I'll kind of throw it out there and we can talk about it, but, um, it's something I've been thinking about for a while, which is always dangerous. So it's good to put it on the table and we can, um, we, we've got things called, uh, disciplines in, in faith traditions and in religion. Uh, and by, I mean by disciplines is like practices that we, we believe are, are, valuable in the practicing of our faith. So they're, they're things that we do and we believe they grow us, they, they enrich our lives, they draw us closer to where we're supposed to be, those kind of things. So I think people would be familiar. I don't have to talk in uh, generalities. It, you know, prayer would be a discipline that I think is... Uh, and there's all aspects of prayer, but I mean, it'd be some piece, a practice of our faith where you're, you're communicating with God or, um, worship 
could be a spiritual discipline where you're, uh, it's, it's, yeah. Is a discipline something that you kind of had to like put effort in yourself? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. As I'm defining it, a discipline would be a thing that you make a, a a value, you give it a value and then you, and you, you practice it. And and it isn't always, it doesn't just come naturally. It's not like a thing you just, it just happens. That would be a, I don't know what that would be, but that'd be something else. Discipline would be something you put some effort in. Now it doesn't mean you don't always, you don't just enjoy praying or pray. It's just something you think is a valuable. And so you're going to practice it regularly. Uh, and people's giving could be that serving could be like, there's different things that we say are, there's something to do with obedience tied to it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, a lot of those are tied to the, like, like the character of who people believe God is or like, um, his heart and what he wants from us. And so, or what the, the relationship's based on. So whether that's communicating between, Opening up your heart and pray in prayer, or it's um, uh, serving is like you're like you're like saying like this is something I think God wants us to do, and and He showed in the person of Christ by giving His life up, like kind of giving your life up for others and and things like that, and and so where I'm going with this is, I think that there's one that used to be probably a bigger piece of a community of faith in, in ages past. And I'm not sure how much it was thought of as a discipline, but it was definitely a more prominent, had a more prominent role. And what I'm referring to is creativity. Okay. So here's my argument. God was, as far as it relates to this world and this universe, first creative. As when, when things got real and went from idea or whatever, however it all went down, there was a creative act which in however form it happened and whatever time it happened, this world came into being and had a purpose. And everything. Yeah, so, for sure. And, and, and then there's so, so much rich variety and creativity, I think, uh, found around us in, in whatever you see. Study a tree for, spend your life studying trees and you <laughs> find all this amazing like stuff you could never even... Spend your whole life studying one chemical in one tree. There's people do that, and they, it's their minds, you know, whoa, this is crazy. So there's, there's this aspect. So we've got all these disciplines, but it's like that never makes a list. Like I've literally picked up, picked up a ton of books about, like, spiritual disciplines, but creativity is not on the list. And I, I just wonder about that. I Whatever wonder, happened to creativity? Yeah, well, well should why it be on the list? About, should yeah. it be on the list? And, and was it ever? Is it? Should it? Like... But I feel like I'm saying this like I feel like it's part of the the nature of who God is. He he and he, and he put it a little bit of it in us, and I think you see it all over the place. Well, you have people that are classically called create that are called creative. Yeah. Oh, you're creative. You're, but like everybody's creative to some set, mm-hmm. some sense. Yeah. You might like to bake pies, or you might like to paint oil paintings, or yeah. you might like to to build with your hands or something, but like we have it in us. It's all. And I think that's part of the, the whole image of God thing. Like he's creative. We're creative. We like to make things, mm-hmm. but we never look at it as like a discipline. What we usually, I, I just don't see it. I don't see anybody going like, I mean, I know some artists who are disciplined in their art, but the church doesn't look at their, like the, the virtue of creativity as you should be practicing this. 
because right. it's what who God is, and it's He put a little bit in us, and you should be practicing it to say like, hey, you should be praying, you should be yeah. reading the scriptures, you should be worshiping, and you should be being creative. I f- I, I just feel like maybe that's missing. What do, what you, do you think happened to creativity? I mean, does anybody? Well, do you feel like there? Because if you go back far enough into, I mean, hundreds of years ago, I mean, you see statues. Well, yeah, stained all the glass are full of smells, marble, smells, yeah. Yeah. incense, yeah. actual physical like you know gestures people are making, and you know that's yeah. all. I mean, liturgy is viewed now as somewhat archaic by certain people, but yet someone had to think of that stuff, and it was a creative mm-hmm. process uh, through a, how to go through a service and take someone through the emotions of those prayers and readings and all that i got a theory let's hear it i think if it seems to me like when the protestant reformation Mm. all went down and it was a big intellectual debate about the 95 theses about you know what we believe and putting that information before people for the first time before people can couldn't read for themselves, couldn't figure this out. They needed pictures to tell them right. the story. That's what iconography was all about. Certain colors, certain things, hand gestures, all that's telling people stories who can't read. Very creative. Then we got this big intellectual argument about who's got the information, who's got the power, yeah. and this big movement happens, and it boils it down to intellectual... Uh, acknowledgments of things like solas, the five solas. Yeah. And then it's, but on the five solas, you have in Christ alone, in, by faith alone, in scriptures alone. And you're like thinking about all these things. And if you think about all of those things, then you're in, oh. but it's in the brain. It's all a brain thing. Yeah. So then the brain thing is like the main point for the next however many hundred years. And we don't want to feel anything. We don't trust our feelings. We yeah. don't want people to make us feel things. Yeah. We'll we'll have some if the songs have theology right, we'll sing them. So then we we invent Christian music. And mm-hmm. our Christian music has to have the right ideas. Yep. Or else it's not Christian enough. Or else it's not Christian enough to go into church services. And then it, it's it's again boiled down into this silly little I mean, what Christian music is now, which is just very, mm. I don't know, Josh, I know you have thoughts oh, about it, man. but well, that's where we're at. We'll save that They'll one. Save that one. <laughs> I feel like the type A person yeah. is the person who's very intellectually oriented, and they win in the church. So They win, and they don't want to pay you, artists. They don't want artists to be artists. They don't want to feel anything. They want to have all their ducks in a row. and then, But artists are fringe. Artists are fickle and flaky sometimes. Artists are hard to work with, and they make you feel uncomfortable, and that's the good thing about them. But we settle in the church for artists well, who right. can so, do things rather than people who are creative and made to be creative. Well, yes. We do it a bare minimum thing. I agree, and I, I don't know, that's, that's interesting. You brought up an interesting theory. thing, and like, I, I, was, I was thinking, you know, like, is this something we've neglected? But it, you, you might be suggesting maybe that 
it, there's more to it than that even, that maybe there's a sense of fear of the creative because of where is it going to go? We don't know. It's less controllable or it doesn't fit into our boxes that we made. And, oh, here comes artists and they're going to mess with that and it's scary or it doesn't fit. Right, I mean... Um, but So I get that and I think that that's probably... Um, that may have eroded us to a place where we just don't value art as much. Right. So that would be then would play into the art. Like that would, could be a potential reason why we don't see creativity as a value even to, to make it a discipline. Right. So, Hey, that's not that valuable. Uh, that's going to lead us somewhere. We don't know where it goes and, and we don't want that. And we don't know what that is or right. we, we're scared. Or so I got you that. Okay. That's a, that's an interesting thought about, um, um, I mean, Jesus is walking around telling people stories. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they didn't know exactly what he meant by him half the time. He didn't care. I mean, we had a church service where we drank. Uh, we passed out a bunch of Kool-Aid, you know, and I was talking about false prophets. And then somebody put a video up of Jonestown halfway through the service while people have half drunk Kool-Aid glasses. <laughs> you did not do that. Yeah. And I, w- I mean, we're talking about false you prophets. About that? We want to have a creative encounter with the content of the service and I am trying to promote creativity that was somebody's idea and I was like that's a good idea and that's what creativity should do is it should cause feelings and make and like it should make you feel uncomfortable not just think uncomfortable so Picasso said everybody's born an artist the trouble is staying one as you get older (laughs) Uh, and I love that quote because I think I believe it I actually think it's true if you see kindergartners it's not until some kid says that looks stupid. Yeah. Does any kid think that their stuff doesn't look good? Yeah. Like they enjoy it. They're having fun. They're making something. And it's not until someone else, a teacher, a classmate, usually all of the above, say like you're good yep. and you're an artist and you aren't and you're not an artist. And what they're really doing is just saying some somebody made something that looks more like the real thing than the other, which is a whole nother story about creativity because <laughs> yeah. creativity might be about creating something new that isn't even reproducing something. And so, uh, it, I just, I just want like what's locked up in everybody that we may not be getting at, you know, like I get the whole, like the artists and where they're going, the, right. the classic artists, but what if everybody's an artist in some, in a, way. In, in yeah. some way or another, yep. it's kind of my argument. And we're neglecting it by not having it as a practice thing. Meaning literally, Dan, you should be doing something intentionally creative this week, just like you should be reading your Bible or you should be going to church or whatever we say is some value that like, we think you should be doing. No one's saying, Dan, you should be doing a creative thing because it connects you to your creator. So then you'd have to make the distinction for people that we're not just talking about painting or playing the guitar. We're talking about viewing your life as a work of art because you're unique. Yeah. Well, I think of even as you kind of nailed down at the beginning is I wonder if if all these disciplines, the foundation of them all is some level of creativity, but yet we're missing out. We, we kind of lose sight of that because we're so focused on that, that discipline yeah. of how it's got to be. They lose out on the whole fact that all this at some point was some level of creativity, yeah. and it could go so many ways. But again, it always boils down to let's keep it to what we always have known, what we've always done. And that's what I think you're kind of saying as well. Yeah. I mean, the geniuses always were first pegged as the idiots, which is crazy. I mean, Einstein, they, they said this guy doesn't get physics. Like, he, he doesn't get it. And what he got was something way beyond fi- He told physics what it was later. <laughs> like, like, but 
but he they tried to shut him down. Like the 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 system, the structure, the inform the infomaniacs of like this is what physics is. Yep. Like oh that's that isn't physics like that. And then he eventually told them what physics wow. was. So like like so what are we? I'm just wondering like if we don't if we don't encourage and even um, like. Well, I mean, it's and yeah. If we don't foster that, then we'll people default to the homogenous lifestyle. Yeah, then. they'll yeah. just default to just blending in with we the seem way to talk things about are. This a lot. We seem to always go back to this. Well, because we view life as a work yeah. of art, as an adventure. Yeah. Life as something that that has a creative uh, opportunity attached to it. A unique. You're uh, you were born, I think, with a purpose, and you yeah. specifically. Yeah have unique qualities yep. to yourself yep. and by suppressing those unique qualities by just doing like you said the other day why would you buy a car for thirty thousand dollars that looks exactly like every other car on the road when you money. could spend thirty thousand dollars on the craziest like vintage remodel car oh, yeah. of yeah. all time and it's gonna you know? run every day and be fine it'll and be better you than could any get, of the like, other the cars sweetest like land, land rover yeah. defender yeah and yeah coast yeah. up who just who just, Cuba? Cuba has all those sweet cars that have that are just ripe for the picking right Perfectly now because patinaed. our embargoes. You think lived. U ship can get stuff from Cuba to here? Do people are getting car like big Jeep How? trucks and stuff, and they'll put them on a the drug a, ships? a boat, bring them over. They might be a little. And I saw heavy. this whole YouTube <laughs> documentary on this company. They're taking the in, inside out. Uh, Making the insides all modern, but the outsides look like these old oh, yeah. Jeep oh, yeah. like pickup trucks, yeah. like CJ eights but, from nineteen eighty three. But for the, for, seriously, you're dead on for the price of what people are just going to the, the down the road to the dealership and doling out for a car. They could get the coolest, one of a kind, one of a kind. Its own paint 19, job, its own. But I mean, people aren't interested. Mustang, yeah, like. yeah. you could. <laughs> My neighbor Good. up the street's got the International Scout and getting a full restore. He's going to be coming frame back. Frame off. I don't know if it was frame off, but everything yeah. redone, new and paint. And that's, that's a unique choice. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. a very unique yeah. choice. So I had this idea, and I never really did it. I might have done it for two weeks. Should we do it? But that's it was a lot of work. Well, I had this idea a while back with my kids. That I was going to have like, like creative night where like every, one night of the week when we're home, we all just spend an hour or something, an hour or two, just doing something of a creative act. I don't is care if problem, you're playing with clay. Is it problem solving creative? No, no, not at all. Yeah. Just problem solving is creative. Oh, yes, it is. I thought you said was it I think problem solving. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. The more you raise kids to do that, the more they're going to think of ways to solve so, problems yeah. in our society outside of the right. box. Right. When, so, when I mean, I'd say, comes. like, you want to write poems, you want to sit down and write a story, you want to sing a song, write a song, you want to. S- Saying you want like I didn't I don't care what it is, I just want us all to be exercising our creative muscle, and that's what I think everybody has a creative muscle, and and that if we as a society don't even say that, which I think is where we're at, we only some people are creative, some aren't. Yeah. So not everybody has the muscle. Supposedly, yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying everybody does. And right. What we're what if we just never exercise it? We don't even think you should. It, right now we're in a place where. This is, and we probably need to wind this up, but the right now we're at a place where we say only certain people are creative, and coupled with that, creativity just flows. You don't ever force it. it a lot of people say that. Now, I know, I'm just saying, I think both of those notions is wrong, aren't wrong in, in what I'm saying. I think everybody 
has a, a, a fabric, like in their, who they are has the creativity in them. And I think sometimes you have to exercise so you it. You need to dig for it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you need to dig for yeah. it. Well, it's I gotta be forced. I am very proud of some of the stuff that I worked really hard yeah. at doing. Like I hate it when I go to Founders Open Mic or Open Mic at Winchester or something, and somebody walks up and goes, "I didn't really prepare anything, but let's just see how this goes." And then they blow your mind, and it's like, "Screw you! You've been preparing that for years." <laughs> a guitar solo. I would do that. It just sounds cool to yeah, say, but yeah. like, come on. Yeah. Like, I set a goal for myself recently to learn a song that I didn't think I could learn. Bohemian Rhapsody, fingerstyle guitar, full song. And I put about 10 hours plus into learning it, arranging it, doing it. And you went up and said you didn't really prepare anything? No. (laughs) No, (laughs) but I played it. I did play it live, and Max was at the event. And Max said, he just said it was just like, I could tell you just knew that yeah. song. You were taking us I through that whole song, and uh, and it was, you know, it was perfect. And so, like, I I think that that's you're right. Like, it is a flowing well, thing. It was flowing because it's like you have moments where you had to connect to those moments, but you got to try on the on the one end and hone in that yeah. muscle. Yeah, and people that that view themselves as creatives or artists will all tell you that there's a lot of work involved. Everyone will tell you. I, I don't care if you're in a symphony and you play the cello. Like, I mean, everybody's got a lot. And art and authors of books, like they'll say, "Man, so many days I got up and I had to write and I didn't feel like it and I wasn't inspired." And they so they they get it. They get the discipline. They get the muscle you have to mm-hmm. exercise. But it's just a small fraction of people who view themselves as a creative when I'm saying, you know, every one of us yeah. is probably should be exercising that muscle in some way. Even if we write poems and they're, they're other people would call them horrible. Who's to say? I mean, it's creative. Yeah. There's every no... single, I mean, the entire Bible's literature. Yeah. Somebody had to learn how to write and put that stuff yeah. together. How big of a percentage of it is poetry? Yeah. Even we have 150 Psalms right in the middle of the Bible. Yeah. And you want to tell me that? We're not supposed to be like engaging with our yeah. like creative and not just art as a craft, but you then learn how to live your life in a way that is unique and creative in response yeah. to I mean that thing. That's a great idea. It is. Yeah. Well, we'll see. My kids are getting older now, so I don't know if I can pull it off, but I can at least keep preaching the idea. <laughs> keep fighting the fight. I think that's even the gospels. There's four different gospels. They all yes. say different things and they're they're yes. a portrait. Yeah, and it's, not a, it's not a mathematical it's formula. It's an impression. You know, I, I like to show people this picture I took when I was in France of this train station. And that is a famous train station. But I have a Monet picture of the same train station. You put them next to each other. And which one's true? That's what I always like to ask. Um, which one's the truth? Hmm. I mean, one of them, yeah, that's a picture I took in 2005 or yeah. 2006. This one it's dark and there's smoke everywhere. You can't see the people's faces and like it's an yeah. impressionist painting, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it's just but you like feel the what it was more than the picture. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And and so much of our life needs to be like the impressionistic work of someone who lives in you know, I believe God intended for us to me and you to live in this day. Yeah. And not a different day. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect name. And you're here for a reason. And that unique reason is a solution to some problem. We need to start seeing ourselves as solutions. Yeah, I don't know. I'm ranting. No, that's, I love this that's good type of stuff. 
Well. And I got a lot of problems to solve, so we better wrap it up. Yeah. Get back to it. <laughs>